NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those Camrys up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota racing team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like sixth grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true-false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Let's go racing here at Knoxville. Only the best go three up. It is showtime at Williams Grove Speedway. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, here at Eldora Speedway, it's showtime. to sit back, relax, and enjoy, because ladies and gentlemen, it's showtime! Set to do battle for 30 laps, the green flag is waving. Hello again, it is Wing Nation, presented by Sage Fruit, talking sprint car racing, our favorite time of the week, and we are so glad that you have joined us. Steve Post here, alongside Aaron Evernham. How are you, Aaron? I'm good, very good. Very Yourself? good. Awesome, fantastic. Uh, we got a lot of fair amount of sprint car racing in yeah. this past weekend. Nothing here locally. What a disaster oh, this weekend! It's a miserable was. weekend. It was terrible. It was. I mean, I had planned to go. I had planned to go see some dirt late models and uh, had a pay per view gig on Saturday night. All of that got wiped out by Thursday. Well, no, the late models at Whitsville, they they hung in until Friday, but you kind of knew what was going on. Um, man, what a terrible weekend yeah. uh, weather wise here locally. But, yeah. Oh well, it is what it is. So, but it was a nice Easter holiday. Had uh, my daughter up from college, so it was good. Good times. Yeah, so good. it was awesome. It was awesome. Um, before we get into our Heifer Racing Product Hot Topics tonight, it is the High Limits Series, the much anticipated High Limits. Uh, it's been weird because they ran a race last year, so it's not the series debut, but it's the 2023 real kickoff debut Opener, of the thing. Yep. Yeah, Shane Stewart's Heartland of America Showdown, presented by Trackhouse Racing. 56 entries they announced last night. Ay, ay, ay. What a field of cars. 56 strong Strong entries. entries. Uh, $50,000 to win. Uh, it's going to be a good night, that's for sure. Our friends at Flow Racing have it. Um, it's going to be fun to watch, see what happens. Yes, it will. Um, and we're going to talk to one of the drivers that's ready to go. Rico Weber is one of our guests yep. here tonight. So we're going to do that. We're also going to talk to uh, Barry Marlowe. Barry is the operator of the Great Lake Super Sprints, the NRA, the Great Lake Traditional Sprints, the Great Lake Lightning Sprints. He is overseeing I-96 Speedway, and he also does ice racing. There's a lot on the ground to talk to a Barry. Uh, got to meet Barry and, and his group up at PRI. So uh, once we got close to the season, we're going to have Barry, uh, Barry Marlowe on as well. So uh, lots going on, that's for sure. And let's get right into it. Our Hepner Racing Product Hot Topics. Big wins last weekend. Um, Sheldon Hodgeshield picked up the win Saturday or Friday night, US 36 Raceway. It had not been really a great season for Sheldon. Not a great start. Not a great start to the year. But boy, that racetrack... Um, he uh, that racetrack, he knows his way yeah. around there, and that race his between him and Macedo and Gravel and Sweet, holy cow, what a race! It was amazing. Yeah, I actually, um, it's not often I, as I, as much as I love pay per view, I don't spend a lot of time watching pay per view because I just I don't I don't own a television. I just don't want to get roped into things. Friday night, the weather was just so <laughs> miserable, and I sat at home. Yeah. And it worked out well because I watched Williams Grove and then right straight into the World of Outlaws yep. or the World of Outlaws into Williams Grove, whichever the order was. And uh, watched that race from start to finish. What a great race. It was a great race. That was a fantastic race. Great little racetrack. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. US 36 uh, there in Missouri. They moved over to Kansas 81 Speedway for the Jason Johnson Classic, $20,000 to win. And how about Rico Abreu? Man, he is rolling. He is. 
Got some speed in that car. Ricky have got it going. Yeah, and so uh, as I mentioned, Rico's going to be our guest, and we've 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 struggled to get with Rico because he's a busy man, busy slinging shirts and everything else. But uh, we got him tied in, so we got Rico Abreu coming up. But uh, it was so good to see him win that race, uh, the Jason Johnson Classic. Mentioned this Friday night, um, all kinds of excitement, all kinds of drama at Williams Grove. First and foremost. (laughs) It was so nice that Williams Grove decided actually to start raced. their season. They yeah. actually raced. So uh, we appreciate Justin Lowe and, and Kathy and everyone up there for getting a race in. Uh, it's been just terrible. I mean, I just felt Williams Grove and then Attica and Ohio, I just feel terrible for them. The Grove finally got theirs in, and uh, what a great race. Um, lots of drama mm-hmm. early on, uh, lots of drama at the end of it. And when they got done, Zeb Wise says, you guys can get all the drama all over yourself. And he drove by Anthony Macra in the last lap to get the win. Yeah. And his first career uh, Williams Grove win and uh, very emotional, uh, not very emotional, but very heartfelt win for Zeb Wise. Um, And he's with that Rudine car and, and Kevin Rudine puts this car out there. He's not, he's not Dennis Roth and that, demands wins or heads are going to roll sort of thing. Although Dennis seems to have mellowed a little bit here over the course of time, which is, and, and so James is winning. Him a well, pretty hard rap. Well, James is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> James, no, and that's been the case with it Dennis. Has. You it understood has. that with Dennis. And James has done a nice job with that car. Um, but Kevin Rudine put so much into this, and you just know that you got at some point get some results. Yeah. And so congratulations to Seb Wise. That was a great win for them, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Other winners... Corey Day won NARC King of the West. Um, the MOA IRA Sprints, they were in the Midwest over at uh, 34 Raceway in uh, Iowa. Hunter Schoenberg picked up the win on Friday night, and Austin McCarl was the winner on Saturday. And finally, how about this? The ASCS Elite North Sprint Cars, they were at El Paso County Raceway in Colorado. And the winner, Sammy Swindell. Still winning. Still winning. Sammy Swindell. It's, How about it's that? just neat. Well, you know, whatever you feel about Sammy, it is just so cool to see him in victory. It's what I love about our sport, seeing him yeah. in victory lane. You know how much it means to him. Yep. And um, got out there and got out there and wore him out. Yeah. So uh, Sammy Swindell. He, um, he sent me a, a birthday message on, on my birthday a month or so ago. And it was one of those moments, like, it, obviously I've known Sammy forever, but the little the little fangirl in me was like, how cool is that in life? Really? Like, yeah, one of your childhood heroes is just yeah. sending a note on Facebook. Yeah, so had thank a, you, Sammy. Yeah, last year at Port had a really, really good visit. He was setting up his souvenir tent and just happened to walk by at the right time. Yeah. You know, where he wasn't rushed or hurried and he wasn't we visited. Focusing for, on the race focusing car. Focusing on the race car. And um, just ha- I've had these moments with Sammy uh, mm-hmm. when Kevin was running the Xfinity series. We yeah. had a couple of times. We had one time at Homestead where we sat and visited for like 45 minutes. Yeah. And um, it's just it's just like I said, he's a polarizing character in the sport mm-hmm. of sprint car racing. But um, cool to see him standing there yeah. with a couple of guys that work on the car just standing there after celebrating. And the giving win. them credit. Giving them credit. Was, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He gave the guys credit. Um, yeah. It was fun stuff. It really was. So neat, neat stuff, that's for sure. So uh, there you have it, our Hefner Racing Product Hot Topics. HRP knows sprint cars. Therefore, HRP, what's knows best? Yeah, that's easy for me to say. (laughs) Knows what works best for your team. Uh, They have all of the trailer and shock accessories. And no other accessory can match the quality, performance, and design. Top trailer manufacturers use HRP trailer accessories to outfit their stock and custom-built units. Yep, and they're always adding, like, new cordless tool charging stations that are sleek in design, hold two cordless drills, impacts or flashlights, and battery chargers. They keep clutter from your workbench, and the roster includes something for every racer, team, trailer, and shop. So don't settle for anything less than Sprint Car Racing's number one accessories manufacturer. www.hrpracing.com. That's hrpracing.com. Rico Abra going to join us here in a second. But before we uh, get out of this first segment, need to mention this. Uh, Another reminder on Saturday night that sprint car racing is a high-speed, dangerous sport. Um, Lawrenceburg, Indiana, USAC racer, 27-year-old Justin Owen, uh, was the 2022 Lawrenceburg track champion, died from injuries in a qualifying crash up there at Lawrenceburg. Um, on an on an up note on this that I was just reading about here in the last few moments, um, he was an organ donor, mm-hmm. and there are I believe eighty people that will benefit from his organs. So 
a little bit of sunray out of a moment that's got to be just terrible for everyone involved. So here from Wing Nation, we send our condolences to the Owen family, to everyone at USAC. We also think about those officials that were on site that mm-hmm. can't, be a, can't be a uh, a bad scene. And honestly, the entire Sprint Car community, our thoughts and prayers and condolences are with all. We'll be back here in just a moment. Outlaws are headed back to the Pacific Northwest. Join us for three action-packed nights of racing August 31st, September 1st and 2nd at Skagit Speedway when the world of outlaw NOS energy drink sprint cars return for the Sage Fruit Skagit Nationals. Kickoff for the Sage Fruit Skagit Nationals begins Wednesday, August 30th with a pre-race party, live band, Sage Fruit Apple giveaways and more. Then catch Donnie Shots and the rest of the world of outlaws as they take on Washington's best sprint car drivers Thursday, Friday and Saturday nights. Details at SkagitSpeedway.com. Dirt Empire Magazine is the ultimate dirt track racing only magazine in the world. Featuring interviews, opinions, event photos, tech, and 100% racing action. Each issue includes late models, modified sprint cars, and more. Big event photos from the best photographers in the sport. And great one-on-one interviews with the top drivers as well as grassroots racers. Pick up a copy of Dirt Empire Magazine today at select tractor supply stores or other area retailers. Or get your subscription today at DirtEmpireMagazine.com. Welcome back. It is Wing Nation presented by Sage Fruit. Let's go to the Sage Fruit Online. Joining us as he gears up for the kickoff of the High Limit Series. Of course, after a couple of wins in the World of Allahs to kick the season off, Rico Abreu joins us. Hello, Rico. How are you? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Man, it is good to talk to you. It has got to be great to have a good offseason, and you've shared the fact that you got away from sprint car racing and enjoyed it, but it's got to be even better to come back and be sitting here with two World of Outlaw wins early in the month of April. It's got to feel really good about where you're at with your racing program, Rico. Yeah, extremely humbling. Um, you know, it's uh, just difficult races to win, and it, uh, it's been a lot of fun racing with Ricky and the guys. It's, um, you know, and, and just being a part of a little bit of success here in the beginning of the year is, on a new tire and stuff. So it's a learning curve for everybody, every race and a new race track. I've been to been racing for 13 years. This is my 13th season. And my first six races have been all new racetracks for me. So that's exciting. Wow. That's that's exciting. And obviously impressive to say that you've won on two of them. Rico, talk about the win this Saturday night, the Jason Johnson Classic, a uh, $20,000 to win, but also an emotional win. You know, we were, we were all close with Jason and his son in victory lane, uh, Bobby in victory lane. Just talk about not only the, the success of the race, but the emotions that were involved. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, those races are, are very cherishing moments. Um, you know, on top of that, being a Word of Outlaw race and everybody there, um, that night of racing and, and just dedicating it all to Jason and his family and the work they put into these events is, um, you know, behind the scenes is, is some stuff that we get to see as a racer, um, and, and the, the cars showing up, uh, you know, it just really has accelerated that event through the last few years and they jump around to different tracks and, and it just puts on good racing and, um, I, I think it's the fifth one, the fourth or fifth one, and it's been five different winners. So it just shows um, how tough it is to win that race. And the trophy was really, really special, you know, with the, the truck and trailer uh, that has, that was branded Jason Johnson Racing. And, and it's just, um, just an all-in-all special night for my team. Um, you know, I know for the Johnson family, they had a great turnout and crowd and uh, you know, for us to win that race is is uh, is probably one to the top of my careers, uh, and 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 uh, by far one of the coolest trophies I've ever gotten. Rico, the sport is filled with memorial races, tribute races, celebratory races of a lot of people. And when I think of your home state, California, they don't run a race unless it's an honor of somebody. And in many instances, these are these are way back drivers or past drivers. Uh, Jason was a contemporary of yours. You raced against Jason. Jason is from our generation, your generation. Uh, you know, um, what does that mean to win a tribute race to a guy that you 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 probably have a better connection with, maybe more of a connection with than than some of the other tribute races that are so well done? But it has to be neat to be in the same generation as a guy like Jason was. 
They're they're all special special races. Um, you know, for me it was a real honor to to win the race. Um, you know, having a a friendship, a relationship with Jason for many years from um the beginning of my career and just seeing his success through um the the early stages of my career with ASCS domination years from him and I remember um you know the tv races that ASCS would get on on Mav and he would be winning all of them and then leading that into his his award of outlaw wins and then competing against him at award of outlaw races and then um you know seeing him win the Knoxville Nationals and it just such cool um parts of of my career that I got to experience uh and witness uh Jason's success and um and to to be racing in his uh part of his legacy to to continuing that on is and then on top of that me winning his race uh is just really special and 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 I know people understand it with the tone of my voice from my victory lane videos to now and it's uh you know it's just we're in, we're in a really humbling sport and and a lot of highs and lows and um very difficult to balance that stuff uh, as a race car driver and 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 part of you know being part of a successful team in this time period of racing right now it's it's pretty special that's awesome. And we, we love that we can always hear the appreciation in your voice. Rico, I want to talk a little bit about the race itself. It seemed like the track was pretty technical, pretty tricky. Uh, seemed like you guys kind of knew it was going to take rubber, but when and how. When you're leading a race like that, how difficult is it to stay on top of that? It, uh, it, was, it was very technical. It was very difficult. We, uh, you know, I felt like we made some, some really good changes on our car right before the main event. Um, we were a little off in the in the dash, and that's where we knew we had to make some big swings with it. And uh, you know, and track position was was quite big for us, uh, for any team with the outlaws, really. And being able to start up front is a huge advantage, and getting qualified. And we, uh, you know, after the red flag, uh, last like six or seven, I think the the surface changed. We had about ten minutes, and it dried out, uh, and then then that's when it started to get really patchy in three and four. And I knew I started kind of working my way down as rubber got laid down and uh, you know, the groove got really clean and then one and two, I was, I was quite confused at times just cause I was trying to judge my pace off lap traffic. And um, you know, I would catch Brian Brown at times and then he would get away from me. And that's when I was worried about Carson behind me. And I, and I thought Carson was, could have been on the bottom. So I went down there and, and knew I just didn't feel quite right. And then I, I moved back up and I wasn't running the cushion up as high as he was um, just because I, I was kind of um, in more of a conservative mode with, with the, the distance on that the cars were putting in front of me, uh, you know, with the lap cars, they were, they were not really getting too far away and, and, and I wasn't gaining on them. So I knew it was going to be difficult for Carson to pass me. And I had really good straightaway acceleration. So it just, um, I made, uh, you know, a decision that I, you know, went going to the bottom and giving up a lot of real estate to Carson, but it was, I felt like I had to make that in order to win the race. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a fascinating race to watch a lot of ebbs and flows into it. And it was uh, fun to watch the different speed you guys had at various portions of the racetrack that kind of leads into a conversation. And Aaron and I've both talked about this uh, a year ago at PRI, not this past year, the year before you had, uh, you had mentioned that Ricky Warner was going to be your new crew chief. You guys went all through last year. Um, getting a second year with Ricky, getting all of his wisdom, all of his knowledge, all of his comfort. We had Ricky on a few weeks ago, as a matter of fact. What's that been like for you, and, and what does that do for your confidence as a race car driver? It's been a lot of fun. Um, you know, he's he's opened up a whole different perspective for me, and uh, I feel like he really believes in my ability as a race car driver, um, which can be very difficult to find in the racing, um, you know, world when it comes to drivers. and uh, change, change a, a lot. And I've had a lot of change with crew chiefs and stuff through my team, uh, my organization and crew guys, and um, which it, it can be a bad thing and it can be a good thing at times and, and just a learning curve for myself and adapting to different people. Uh, but Ricky, Ricky's really knowledgeable when it comes to race cars. He's been doing it for a long time. 
he's not afraid to fail because I feel like you learn more when you fail. And um, that's where we find success in our team. And, and we got a year in our belt under our belt last year. And I felt like we started to get really consistent. We just needed to work through um, a few things through the team internally. And then uh, right now I just feel like everything's honestly just flowing really good. Um, and you kind of just ride the wave because it could all change, you know, tonight. And we could get off on a, a different pattern of setups and, and qualifying. And it could change everything. And that's when you start searching again. So, um, you know, we just kind of ride the wave right now with the speed we have. And it all comes down to time trials at the end of the day and putting yourself in good position. And, um, you know, that's where is you do that consistently. You'll lead into some race wins. Rico, you mentioned that you had been to a lot of new racetracks this year. I'm curious how many of those were new for Ricky and how important is that? You just talked about it a little bit, but that confidence of knowing Ricky's working on your car and how important qualifying is and how few hot laps you get to just know when you get in the car, you're going to have something pretty good underneath you. I, I, I feel like Ricky's been to every racetrack <laughs> in the world when it comes to dirt racing. That's what I think. His notes that um, you know go way back, but for me, I think that's it's a lot of confidence coming into new racetracks with uh, a you know with an experienced crew chief where I can have that trust to um, that my car is going to have be stuck and not feel like ice when I run it into the corner really aggressively. So uh, that goes a long ways, and when we unload at the track to our first lap of hot laps to have that confidence to run, um, you know, really aggressive around there the first few laps. And that kind of sets the tone of the night. You know, if you, if you don't feel comfortable, then you start searching and it, uh, you know, it changes everything. Speaking of new racetracks, you are at a new racetrack. As we chat with you, you're getting your first look. Well, a new racetrack for you. Ricky's been there before. Um, you're getting your first look at Lakeside Speedway, home of tonight's Shane Stewart's uh, Heartland Cla- um, American Heartland Classic, presented by Trackhouse Racing. What do you see there at Lakeside? What's your thoughts as you rolled into that new racetrack here a little bit ago? Um, they've 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 done a really good job uh, with this facility. It, it, the track looks amazing. It's uh, it looks wide. Definitely going to be two lanes. All the videos I've watched is. Uh, it's always racy, so I'm excited. It um, it's got a wall all the way around it, and I seem to do good at tracks like that. Just I feel of a depth perception aspect of racing, and um, it's I'm excited. This place looks really cool. Rico, without getting into any of the, the crazy political side of it, what is the vibe around the High Limit Series? I mean, it seems from a distance for us in North Carolina, it's a huge thing for our sport. It's great for me to have something to watch on a Tuesday night, and there's huge money behind it. What is the vibe like within the, the pit area? It's, I, I'd say it's going to be positive. Um, and it's, uh, there's, there's a lot of hard work being put into this event, um, these events, and it's it's something to do during the week as as us drivers just love to race and uh and there's some money on the table to go to go in so uh, it's it's going to be i think it's really healthy for the sport of sprint car racing um i'm one of the 50 drivers that's competing uh full time with high limit series with 11 races and i'm excited i've never really raced for a championship besides in 2014 when i ran for the national Midget Championship uh, with USAC, so uh, it, it'll be fun, and it's, it's got a good group of guys that are running the show here. I know Brad Sweet's passion for sprint car racing, Kyle's passion for sprint car racing, so um, you know you get guys like that involved, and, and they're not going to let it fail. No, I agree with you. It's going to be fun. It really, truly is. Final question for you, Rico, and you're actually the one that brought it to our attention. Um, Hunter Schoenberg and his uh, family had a motor coach fire over the uh, over the weekend, um, and you're doing a little uh, recruiting of uh, recruiting of some goods and some things for him. Um, have you talked to Hunter? How are things there? And uh, you know, just your your willingness to jump in and make your shop as a clearinghouse for things that people want to send. Uh, how important is that for you to? To do that to uh, to a brother in your community yeah and i think it's uh you know it, it's it just shows hunter and i's friendship and how strong it is we've got to know each other really well over the years and i uh you know i think i thought it, i was gutted to see 
um, what they had to go through. You know, when I was a child at, at Wheeland's age, I went through um, a house fire and, and lost our stuff when I was um, similar age to Wheeland. And it's a, it's a trauma triggering active uh, experience that you know, you don't want anyone to ever go through. And um, so I think it's, it's really important that Wheeland has a, a positive impression on this going forward. And, um, and has a lot of positivity around, surrounded around him. And I thought it would be the coolest thing to, um, you know, with him losing all, all of his um, you know, people, families like that that travel and racing is, is they, they pack their homes inside those motorhomes. And, and Whelan lost a lot of uh, race car shirts, and I know he loves race car shirts and race cars and um, just everything racing. So uh, it, it, it's really cool to support that the racing community has given um, the Schoenberg family and just in general in racing and just shows how uh, big of a family we really are. Yeah, beautiful stuff. That is for sure. Rico, we appreciate the time, as always, joining us here on Wing Nation. Congratulations on the success. You talked about tonight you guys could get off the reservation. Tonight you could also win fifty grand too. So um, maybe, maybe, maybe it'll go in that direction for you. Thank you, guys. You got it. Thanks, Rico. How about that? Rico Abreu. Boy, I'm telling you what, he he's just, he is such a special human being. He really is. He really is. And for him, we we hear that, you know, Hunter and the family has this and everything like that. And he, in his life experience has put himself in Whelan's spot. Yeah. And it's like, whoa, you just, yeah, you understand. And, and he's posted. Hey, Whelan needs some shirts and stuff like yeah. that. He posted it, but then when Rico talks about it and says, "I went through it and realized that you just don't realize that your whole world, if you're if you're Whelan, your whole world, and the trauma, uh, the yeah. trauma of it, and yet there's going to be a big old care package from from Uncle Rico yeah. and the Sprint Car community. Rico's coordinating it, but it's the Sprint Car I community. Appreciate how he's always thinking of others. Yeah, thinking he's of others and that perspective of thinking, back. you know, and and it's like, well, Hunter and Jen, how are they and everything. And yet his focus is on wheeling. I love I love that he's thinking of others, but I love that there's sometimes a little twist with Rico yeah. of perspective that is just a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Really, truly is. So great, great stuff from Rico Abreu. And yes, he very well, if he were to win that $50,000, there surprised. would be zero shock in anybody the way that car is, the way he is. Yeah, and on that type of racetrack. Yeah, on that kind of racetrack. It's going to be good. All right, speaking of good. Okay, I can't wait for this one. We are going to take a break. When we come back, Barry Marlowe from the Great Lakes Super Sprints, he's going to join us to talk about, I don't know what we're going to talk about because he's got about 8 zillion projects. We'll try to fiddle whittle it down here into a 10 or 15-minute conversation. Stay with us. Barry Marlowe joins us next. The Outlaws are headed back to the Pacific Northwest. Join us for three action-packed nights of racing August 31st, September 1st and 2nd at Skagit Speedway when the world of Outlaw NOS Energy Drink Sprint Cars return for the Sage Fruit Skagit Nationals. Kickoff for the Sage Fruit Skagit Nationals begins Wednesday, August 30th with a pre-race party, live band, Sage Fruit Apple giveaways, and more. Then catch Donnie Shots and the rest of the world of Outlaws as they take on Washington's best sprint car drivers Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights. Details at SkagitSpeedway.com. The National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum's newest exhibit will be our track tribute to Williams Grove Speedway inside the museum's main floor from April 3rd through October 2nd this year. You'll learn about the beginning of Williams Grove Speedway and the evolution of sprint car racing on the East Coast through eight of the iconic big cars and sprint cars that made up the history of Mechanic Birds Pennsylvania's Williams Grove Speedway. Plus, you'll see videos of historic national open sprint car races and other racing events that put Williams Grove on the map. That's the track tribute to Williams Grove Speedway, featured April 3rd through October 2nd at the only museum in the world solely dedicated to sprint car racing, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville, Iowa. So I was at PRI last year, and a couple of guys came up to me, and we had a wonderful, wonderful visit. And and the thing of it is, is I'm like, my gosh, there's a guy, this Barry Marlowe guy with the Great Lakes Super Sprints. Man, he's busy. Great Lakes <laughs> Super Sprints. Um, Great Lake traditional sprints, Great Lake lightning sprints, they ice race. Then I find out he's taken over I-96 Speedway, and also he's inherited the NRA tour. And I'm like, my God, if we can carve out 10 or 15 minutes of his busy schedule, let's talk to this guy. And he joins us on the Sage Fruit Hotline. Hello, Barry. How are you? 
<laughs> I'm great. How are you guys? We are doing well. Um, I don't even know whether to be, where to begin, quite honestly. Um, I'm going to begin with the biggest reason. There's other things we want to talk. Ice racing, we want to talk Great Lakes Super Sprints, we want to talk about NRA. I'm going to begin because you are also in the track rescue process with I-96 Speedway. Why would a guy as busy as you jump in and take over management of a racetrack? Well, when you have a track like I-96 that has the history and is a great sprint car track and you own four sprint car series, how can I not step in and do something? So it was kind of a no-brainer. I just kind of opened my mouth before I really thought about it. But, um, you know, 60% of my races, you know, we race six times a year there with each group. And I hate to leave that kind of a hole in the center of Michigan. So that's why. Yeah. Barry, when you when you think about I-96 and the rich history it has, I don't know the backstory behind all this, but how does it how do we get in a position? I mean, I know our sport is up and down in real estate and a lot of things happen, but you mentioned it. It has such a rich history. The outlaws have been there. There's a lot of great series that run at I-96. Um, talk about it seems to me from a distance that the, the sport of sprint car racing is pretty healthy in Michigan, but yet we see sometimes tracks getting in these positions. Well, yeah, and, and that's a hard thing to put your finger on. Yeah. You know, it, it, it takes a lot of money in our sport. It mm-hmm. really does. Um, if I didn't have to worry about the money, man, we could do a lot of things. But, <laughs> you know, people have to look at that money. And sometimes people get in a position that they can't do some of the things they need to do. And there's a lot of risk as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of a risk taker as much as I try not to be, but I am, obviously. But I was involved for, because from the day I started, um, I used to be a sponsor for Sprints on Dirt. And some of these tracks that didn't want to buy the show, I would actually rent the track. So this kind of started me out in the system with sprint cars, renting the track, and then I'd bring sprint cars in. So I've had a long history at I-96 of renting the track. So that part of it wasn't new to me, nor was it scary to me because the fans come out and support, support sprint cars at I-96. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, 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 well, plus the other thing, Aaron, I think a lot of these, there's tracks up here in Michigan that have been owned, like Crystal just sold. Mm-hmm. Ron Flynn's been there for, I think, 150 years, maybe. <laughs> no, I, but he, he's been there a long time. He's, yeah. You know, he's ran Crystal or owned Crystal for 40 some years. Wow. And Ron is, well up into his 70s and battling cancer and still playing basketball and but you know so you so you have some of these tracks where guys are just trying to find an exit strategy yeah and it's hard to find people willing to commit to the time it takes it takes a lot of time mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it's a rough business it really truly is so you have your season opener at i-96 coming up uh next friday night april 21st you've got your sprint cars the great lake super sprints you're also bringing some fenders in though i see you're bringing in the late models as well is what's and i'm not all that familiar with uh with michigan late model series but uh sounds like a pretty good combination between the late models and the sprint cars for folks to kick it off up there absolutely you know as a as a sprint car person you know yeah, people think that we hate fenders, but that's not true. We love racing, yeah. and you love horsepower, and you and you love the sport of racing. So, um, yeah, I I quit taking my hat off because I I always used to say I have to change hats on which which side I am, but I don't have time to change my hats anymore. Yeah. But <laughs> late models up here in Michigan is is pretty healthy, um, and there's a good following. There's it's really kind of two different crowds, so. One way to bring the crowds together is run them together. And we've had good luck with that in the past. I thought, why not do an opener with late models and press? So um, that's what we're doing. Yeah, and hopefully it brings them all in. We talked a little bit about the health of sprint car is in Michigan. What are your car counts on average? And in, is it just our perspective from a distance or are things really good and healthy in Michigan? Oh, they're they're pretty good. Um, with 360 wings, yeah. Um, we've uh, we averaged 26 cars last year. Wow. Um, but that's right where we've been since I started Great Lakes Super Sprints. 
our worst year was a 22 car average and our best year was 28. So if you throw all that in the pot and average it out, we're at a 25.4 car. That point four four is the one that wrecked in turn four, but um, <laughs> but twenty five point four cars per per night per year. So that's great. Um, so the wings is is coming along really well, and that's why I'm excited about the NRA because we have a pretty good healthy following of three sixties. I think I'd like to think that it's because we build a good program. Um, we try to treat everybody fair, and and we try to treat treat everybody um, like I want to be treated. So I really expect the NRA and the Northern Division this year to keep those averages up on both sides. So now the non-wing, that's a little different story. We're rebuilding that. Um, We've had some good nights. We've had 30 cars, but we've had 16 cars. But we've had promoters come up to us and they, you know, I'll take 16 cars any day as competitive as it's gotten. So we're working on a lot of things, mm-hmm. trying yeah. to make it competitive, try to have a, have racing available that the local guys can still come out and race. Yeah. So that's what I'm trying to balance, which is really difficult. I am sure it is. My gosh, I'm sure it is. So you've had the Great Lakes Super Sprints for a number of years. And I think I actually probably have seen you guys race at, I think I've seen you guys race at Butler at least once and um, and, and, and maybe elsewhere. But then over this offseason, there's the NRA Sprints. That's kind of a Northwestern Ohio 360 base. How did you end up with that as well and, and, and putting them all together? Now, how did you end up with the NRA as well? Well, the NRA has been there for 26, 27 years. Yeah. Earl Baldus and Jeff Jarvis uh, from the University of Northwestern Ohio um, and maybe some others were involved with getting that started. Um, and they pretty much traditionally ran at Lima. They'd run a little bit at Mount Pillar, a little bit at Eldora, Fremont, Waynesfield, but healthy dose at Lima started to grow, you know, we had a lot of the NRA guys would come up here and run. A lot of our guys would go down there and run. And it was difficult for me to um, find a way for us to work together. Co-sanctioning for me, as close as we are, just didn't work um, because of the money involved. I mean, somebody had to step up and pay for the shows or pay for the help and, um, as time went on, NRA almost died, and then Ron Hammond stepped back in and, and took it over. Um, and then, by sheer luck, last winter, Ron and I came together. We had a meeting up in Bowling Green, and in about 45 minutes, we had the deal hashed out, and we put the two together. Well, I purchased it, basically. I bought him out, and... We had a really good year for both of us. He stayed on last year and finished out the season. And this year I took over the whole thing. So that's kind of how it came about. Yeah, that is neat. So you have a north and south division basically is what you're going to have with it. And 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 hopefully a lot of go-between as far yeah. as that goes, okay? Right. That is awesome. That is awesome, okay? And, and there will be. And, it, and it's set up actually for a tour as well. Okay. Ah. So yeah. So that is that is cool. And that now you got rained out. You got rained out this past week, but you're kicking all of that off at Waynesfield this Saturday night, correct? Correct. And that was kind of planned. Yep. I lost the I lost your sound. Okay, here we um, go. We got you back now. Okay. Um yeah, we moved everything to this Saturday. Nice. That's going to be awesome. We saw the, uh, we, you talked a little bit about traditional sprints. We talked about the, uh, we, we saw some video and lightning sprints as well. Yeah. How important is it to have like a feeder, uh, feeder division with the lightning sprints to, to, to kind of bolster things as well? Real important. Yeah. The, when I started looking at where our guys were coming from, from Great Lakes Super Sprints and gals and our girls, um, lightning sprints seemed to be a really good class. Um, I never had to worry about people coming from lightning sprints and jumping in a 360 and spinning out. They knew how to control the car. Really, all they had to do was get used to the power, you know, the extra horsepower. Um, The power to weight ratio, I was told, was very similar. And and we have a lot of back and forth. We actually have people that run 
uh, both classes. They'll run wings and non-wings, or they'll run lightning sprints and wings. Um, and it, it's really turning in to be a good thing. We, it's a good stepping stone for the guys to have some place to go. And then it's also a good place to come back to. We have guys that ran 410s and 360s that come back to Lightning Sprints because they don't want to chase sponsors anymore. It's less expensive, and they can afford to run that out of their pocket and have a great machine and still go out and have fun and go to the track. So it's really kind of a nice thing. I like vertical integration. Yeah, you got a little bit of done for us. You got something for everyone, including your ice racing. I'm excited to hear a little bit more about this ice racing. Well, the the first thing with me is don't tell me I can't do something. (laughs) Um, And, you know, back about four years ago, Les Hanna, who is the gentleman you talked to, Steve, at PRI, um, he showed me some video or sent me some pictures, and he says, we ought to do that in Michigan. And I said, well, I'd love to. I've seen the video, but I, I said, I really don't know where to start. And he put me in touch with Nick Berry out in New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, we started talking, and he kind of talked me in, not into it, but he talked me through it on how we would get going, and which was really difficult because they've been doing it in New Hampshire and New England for 40 years. They've been running sprint cars out there, but they're they're Frank they're not Frankenstein's. They're they're morphs, is what they are. I mean, they have to have a starter. They have to have a windshield. They have to have windshield wipers. And I knew that wasn't really going to fly out here because nobody had cars sitting around their shed ready to go out and race on ice like that. So I needed to be able to take a dirt car, which we have lots of, and put those on the ice. Well, I was told we couldn't do that. And I said, why can't we do that? They said, well, you're going to blow up the motors. You're going to burn up the motors. You're going to, you're, you can't push start cars on the ice. You can't do this. You can't do that. Well, I'm here to tell you, you can do that. <laughs> the two cars you got showing, that's uh, 2018 GLSS champion Dustin Daggett and 2019 champion Phil Gressman. Those cars went right off their last race on dirt. They put those tires in them change the pill and you see what they're doing. <laughs> um, so it's pretty cool. It's exciting. I got goosebumps right now. I'm sorry to tell you. Um, <laughs> yeah. Cause, cause we have, we have this great long sprint car season and what you're proposing is we make it 12 months. That's what we're proposing. So that is awesome. What's the, what's the reaction been, you know, with competitors and I'm sure if you get a nice day, there's cars all around the racetrack. Uh, you, you probably get a good turnout of spectators as well. When you get the weather on your side. You do. The, here's the challenge. The challenge is we're building a track from scratch on the ice <laughs> which is public access. There's no way to really control it. So from a, from a marketing or promotion standpoint, other than just going out to have fun, you either do it with sponsors. Um, well, you can see the challenges. Now racers, you know, you got guys thinking, man, I hate the cold. I don't want to go out in the cold. And then you got the guys say, man, I'm all in. I want to try this. Um, Dustin and Phil, and Ralph Brackenberry, he's one of my older drivers, about 74, lives out in the um, But he's been very active supporting all the things that we do. Um, now, these guys, once they went out there, they loved it. They set up their cars for a heavy, wet track because they know they got plenty of traction. But that's, they set it, that's how they set it up, is if they're going on a heavy, wet dirt track. Um, and we've learned that we have to really fatten up the fuel. We got to pour the fuel to mm. it because they got really good air. Yeah. Those motors really like the air. Um, so we actually have to set the pill. We have to change the injection so the injection system thinks that we're at 800 to 1,000 feet below sea level. That's how good the air is. <sighs> and we have not had one problem with any of those motors. And those are the same motors they run in the summer. So My it, it's and the lightning sprints have been wonderful. The I think what I'm going to do next year is take like Danny Sams and Connor Morrill and a bunch of the guys that came up out of lightning sprints and have been running 
uh, full-size sprints and now making the jump to 410s and put those guys in lightning sprints and kind of make another draw. Um, <laughs> but it's exciting. It, it's fun. <laughs> it's sprint cars. Fun, exciting sprint cars. That's all redundant right there. That is redundant. I know it is, but I, I can't help but repeat myself. I know, man. I'm telling you what, Barry. Um, I'm so glad we caught up. Less uh, and he's we've we chatted multiple times between PRI and now. And then as this thing started to layer up and we knew we were getting close to the season, I'm so glad that we got a chance to catch up with you. We wish you the best on all of the ventures. We wish you the best on getting some rest at some point. I would think that might be a challenge. Uh, But fun sprint cars. Sounds like you got it going on, and we appreciate that. We really love what you got going on up there, Barry. Well, thank you. I mean, I'm excited. I'm I'm a fan. You know, I didn't grow up in racing. My family only knew how to go straight. Um, and I ran dirt bike, so I didn't know how to stay on any track, but, uh, but I really love sprint cars. I got hooked on them at I-96 at the World of Outlaws show, and I can't get it out of my blood now. I'll say. I'll say. Barry, a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much. You got it. Stephen Aaron. You got it. There we go. Yes, you too. Thank you. I am telling you, we talk about passion and sprint car racing. <laughs> there it is. My gosh, Barry Marlowe. Okay, so you think, and 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 I'm I'm note to self: don't tell Barry you can't do anything. Yeah. Um, man, I'll tell you what. What an what a when you look at that region, and I get to see sprint cars. I get to Butler about every other year for their weekly show. And I think Great Lakes Super Sprints were there one time. But when you look at it, we look at Northwestern Ohio. And, of course, it's it's Attica, Fremont, yeah. Eldora, 410s. But this 360 thing has always been good. And yeah. Barry's got a really sweet spot there. Yeah. A lot of guys to do a lot of racing. I just think that's Especially a really NRA, neat thing. too. They have yeah. great history. Yeah, yeah, great history. So kudos to Barry. Appreciate Les for uh, hooking us all up on that. And, uh, man, What a great conversation. We need to step away. We'll be back with more Wing Nation in just a moment. The Outlaws are headed back to the Pacific Northwest. Join us for three action-packed nights of racing August 31st, September 1st, and 2nd at Skagit Speedway when the world of Outlaw NOS Energy Drink Sprint Cars return for the Sage Fruit Skagit Nationals. Kickoff for the Sage Fruit Skagit Nationals begins Wednesday, August 30th with a pre-race party, live band, Sage Fruit Apple giveaways, and more. Then catch Johnny Shots and the rest of the world of Outlaws as they take on Washington's best sprint car drivers Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights. Details at SkagitSpeedway.com. Dirt Empire Magazine is the ultimate dirt track racing only magazine in the world. Featuring interviews, opinions, event photos, tech, and 100% racing action. Each issue includes late models, modified sprint cars, and more. Big event photos from the best photographers in the sport. And great one-on-one interviews with the top drivers as well as grassroots racers. Pick up a copy of Dirt Empire Magazine today at select tractor supply stores or other area retailers. Or get your subscription today at DirtEmpireMagazine.com. Border to border and coast to coast, we got some great sprint car stuff going on out there, and we really do with all of the races, talking with Rico, talking with uh, Barry. Man, whether it's a 360 tour in Michigan or Ohio or, or a national driver like Rico Abreu, there's just a lot to be lot to be uh, excited about in our sprint car yeah. world. Really, yeah. truly is. So uh, let's talk a little bit about the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum. We do it under the uh, birthday calendar uh, later this week. Newton Buzz Rose, Joey Chitwood Sr., Earl Wagner, Al Hamilton has a birthday later on, Leroy Van Connett, Don Shepard. Today would have been the birthday of Emmett J. Malloy. A 2018 inductee into the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame, born in 1908. The family moved from Iowa to California. Built a race truck called Carroll Speedway in Southern California in 1940. Carroll Speedway had the first CRA race, which is the California Roadster Association, which became the California Racing Association. Uh, some guy by the name of Parnelli Jones honed his skills at that racetrack. Mm-hmm. And on April 8, 1951, the first NASCAR race west of the Mississippi was held at Carroll Speedway. Uh, track closed in 1954. Malloy was a team owner. The Malloy Special fielded cars for many, many drivers. Troy Rutman in 1950 had 15 wins aboard the car. And um, Emmett J. Malloy passed away in 1971, but he is forever enshrined at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in 2000, uh, 2018 inductee. So love it. Love our Sprint Car Hall of Fame and love that we get a chance to talk about it. All right, Aaron, let's look forward here a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay. All-Star Circuit of Champions, take two. Spring Nationals at Attica, Friday and Saturday night. 
Tyler Courtney is the two-time champion, so Aaron, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. That we get some racing at Attica this yeah, weekend. Seriously, they've been waiting. But then out west, we have the NARC King of the West, the Dennis Roth Classic at one of my favorite tracks, the Thunder Bowl Raceway. 18300 to win Saturday night. That is awesome. I love to see that money out west. Yeah. Love to see that. And they are really rolling up their sleeves. A lot of people on the West Coast, and it's good mm-hmm. to see. World of Outlaw, NOS Energy Drink Sprint Cars, two nights at Federated Auto Parts, I-55 Speedway. I wonder if Schrader's going to have a cooler beer out. No. No. Never. No. And they're joined by the Extreme Midget Series as well. So the World of Outlaws, they're up and rolling now. They're they're no longer in the conversation about they're weather and everything started, like that. Yeah. They're, they're rolling yeah. now. So they're going to keep it going this weekend. And you know that racing is really getting going when the Knoxville Raceway has their opener. Their 70, 70th annual Pella Motors Craig Ford season opener. And that's when we know we're in the that's right. of things. Okay, so Tony Bachoven, I know you're watching. Tony, <laughs> time to get those vocal cords tuned up. Time to get going. So uh, it is going to be awesome. Knoxville Raceway this yeah. weekend. So And lots and lots of sprint car racing. So if you have a sprint car track in your area, make sure you check them out and get out and support all your local racetracks as well. So lots of fun stuff across the board. But yeah, Knoxville up and running is good. Is yep, really, all really is right good. in the world. All is right in the world. All right. You can follow us on our social channels, Twitter and Facebook. We have a Facebook page and a Facebook group, our YouTube page as well. You can get all of our gear at shopwingnation.com if you're out at Lakeside. Uh, Justin Peck has it out there at Lakeside Speedway today. So if you're going out the track, go get yourself from Wing Nation gear, see Sky there, and wherever Justin Peck goes. And Lord knows where Justin Peck's going to go because it's confirmed he is not a committed all-star. Yeah, He is a committed, well, he's not a committed world of outlaw. He is a committed outlaw wherever Real he goes. Outlaw. I love that. So yeah. Justin Peck. So wherever they go, you can get your Wing Nation gear as well. Coming up on our Wing Nation program presented by Sage Fruit on Rev TV on Wednesday night and on Friday, our special guest, Ashley and my special guest, Aaron Everham. We had a roundtable show, so it was a we lot did. of fun. Good getting the band back together. It we was. do it all the time. We do it via text and when we get together <laughs> at the real life, but uh, it was fun doing it, that's for sure. So um, great, great stuff. And great, great stuff today talking to Barry Marlowe and Rico Abreu. I am telling you, the sprint car world is in good hands with guys like Barry and Rico around. Yep. Really are. And we're just fortunate that we get to talk about it. That's for sure. So, hey, I want to ask you to do something else, too. Okay. Wing Nation, we, we, th- this is like, this is a podcast. This is a YouTube show. This is a Facebook live show. Do us all a solid and share this. However you're watching, however you're listening, share it. I mean, we're rolling along. Everything is good. Everything's great. But that's how all the cool kids do it these days. They share <laughs> podcasts and they share this and they share that. So uh, if you like what we're doing on Wing Nation, share it. Don't be afraid to, to, to mention us out there. And we do appreciate that. We really, truly do. We are fortunate that I, I just sit down sometimes and think, I can't believe we get to talk to these people all the time. Yeah. And we're so fortunate. And um, share it. Maybe someone else will like the conversation as well. So she is Erin Everham. I am Steve Post. We really appreciate you joining us here this week on Wing Nation, presented by Sage Fruit. Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process. Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move, you want to keep things moving. From the moment you start, Ruoff makes sure the process moves quickly, often twice as fast as other lenders, so you can close quickly and settle in sooner. Visit Ruoff.com to learn how you can qualify for the fastest loan of your life. That's Ruoff, R-U-O-F-F.com.